Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome back to the Once Bitten podcast and welcome if this is your first listen. Always great to meet new people into the Bitcoin space. Meet and greet new people into the Bitcoin space. Today's guest, Jesse Berger, is the author of Magic Internet Money. He's been on the show before when he first released this book a little while back. So you can go back and listen to that first rip if you like. Uh, really love talking with uh, Jesse. He's a great guy and lots of energy, as you will see. Uh, before we get into the episode, I would like to give the usual shills to those companies that are going to help you stack sats and take control of your sats because if you're not taking control of your sats you damn well should be you can use a hardware wallet bitbox 02 bitcoin only edition by shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten will get you five percent off that purchase all links are in the show notes to these show sponsors guys if you're not stacking sats you should be regularly dollar cost average fiat cost average into a nice big pile of satoshis set a forget um set it and forget it with dca options such as swan bitcoin in the us swan bitcoin have got you covered one of the best teams in the business bitcoin maxis you can only buy on swan you cannot sell that is the way people that is the way you can also use Coin Corner across Europe and the UK or Relay. It's an app as well, very much like Swan. You can use Relay, it's spelled R-E-L-A-I, and Bitcoin Reserve as well across Europe and the UK. They are going to help you put on some big size. If you're looking for a white glove service, 50 grand and over, Bitcoin Reserve is the place to go. Now, if you want to get across to the conference, get your tickets. The link is in the show notes, but please make sure you check the travel restrictions before you buy the tickets. If you cannot travel due to COVID restrictions, you can get a refund, a 100% refund, but you'll probably be better off selling your tickets in the aftermarket where the prices will go up steadily between now and the date. 6th to the 9th of April is to be held in Miami Beach, Florida. It's over four days and uh, it's going to be the first day industry day which is going to be for enterprising bitcoiners who are looking to build a business or a career within the ecosystem you'll be able to network and meet everybody you need to meet days two and three are going to be the general conference goodness you're going to be able to see people such as president nayib bukele of el salvador who's going to announce something big Michael Saylor is going to be there, Elizabeth Stark, Jack Mallers, Adam Back, that's just to name a few. There's going to be hundreds of talks and hundreds of side booths that you can go and check out. Swan are going to have another big presence there, of course. Go and hang out with the guys there. Then it's followed day four by Sound Money Fest, which is headlined by rapper and fellow Bitcoiner Logic. There's going to be Steve Aoki, CL, Run the Jewels, San Holo, Dead Mount 5, and many more. 
Hit the link in the show notes. It's going to save you 10% on all of your ticket purchases or just use the code BITTEN at checkout. Enjoy this rip with Jesse. Jesse, can you hear us? Dan, I can. How are you? We're already recording, mate. We're going straight in. No niceties to begin with. Yeah, we're, we're doing this. You're catching me off guard, but let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Hang on a second. Uh, there's the video. All right. Lauren, what question? Uh, so, <laughs> hi, sorry. Uh, so Hello. why, so you put Easter eggs in, um, on your book of the cover, uh, why? Why did I put the Easter eggs on the cover? Ooh, because it was fun. Because I wanted people to, uh, to understand that they had to peel back layers and that everything isn't always what it seems and that there's you know hidden meanings and things that are not so obvious in this world and sometimes you gotta you gotta dig a little deeper and pull back the curtain to see what's what's really there right uh okay yeah, lauren's actually a ghost right now okay, <laughs> okay. yeah you're a ghost and I, I just realized my mic isn't plugged in hold on let me give me one second i'm gonna make my audio better for you yeah, I, I was actually going to ask you to do an audio check. Sorry, okay. listeners, this is what we would actually do pre-record, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, we've got Daddy, Jesse hot on his feet right now. Daddy was like, okay, let's just Hold on, just... Oh, that's much better. Oh, yeah, I can hear you much better, too. This is much better. All right. All right. And my second question is, um, how many Easter eggs are there? On the cover or in the book as a whole? On oh, the there's cover. another rabbit hole. On the cover. On the cover, um, I think there's about a dozen, maybe 13. Um, some of them are a little more obvious. And then there's a couple that are going to be much trickier. Do you, do, do you want to name a few of the ones that you found? I found... Um, uh... So I found like the wizard holding the coin. The 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 flame on the coin, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that there's actually uh, three meanings to that one. Okay, that's a that's a three for. <laughs> that, that 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 one is so the flame is it's an ode to the original that magic internet money picture right where the wizard is like holding the flame. Yeah. But free but but the flame also stands for freedom and it also stands for stoicism. Or is a one of the sort of symbols for stoicism? Now, what's stoicism, Lauren? Stoicism? I have no idea. What is stoicism? It's it's a philosophy. Now we yeah, now we're doing it. Oh, my God. I, I'm probably going to butcher the answer, too, because <laughs> I don't think about it as much as I, I, what I did when I wrote about it. But um, it's a philosophy based on sort of four key principles. And, oh, God, I, I don't have them all memorized right now. But um, like temperance, justice honesty or truth i i should google this before i i tell you or, or go back to my research notes um but basically you know not being judgmental understanding that there's adversity in the world taking things in stride uh, being humble being truthful um it's it's you know an outlook a philosophy a way of life and uh it's it's uh yeah so a, Even a, sort of, a, a way to be even the Stoics, the, 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 the greatest of all great Stoics, would have found it hard to apply those uh, tenets to COVID hysteria 
right now i think jesse oh right? my god yeah oh my god yeah we're, we're, we got some stuff to get into on that if we want today too for sure <laughs> what else do you see I see yeah tell me about some of the other easter eggs 1971 money flying away oh, even yeah. if that is uh easter egg. But, but why why is yep, that, that because bitcoin has overtaken the world and that money is useless because of inflation that 1971 was the year that President Nixon cut the tide of the gold window. And yeah, so that was one of the big marker years for, you know, the end of one of the ends of sound money. Right. And you said you found a couple more? I just realized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just see, I thought... It, 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 it. For, for, the, for the sake of the listeners, for the sake of the listeners, it's not a solar panel; it's a satellite it? dish. Oh! And can can you read what it says? Uh, EZ times <laughs> January two thousand nine. Chancel law on brink of second bailout. F or Banksy? Do you, do you, has your dad told you where that's from? No, you haven't. Well read, though, so that, because that was difficult to read. Yeah, it's difficult to read because it's. I did it in the same format as uh, as it is in the Genesis block of Bitcoin. So the very first block that Satoshi, when he created Bitcoin, he had what's called the Genesis block, the very, very first block. And in that, he inscribed that message. And so that's an actual headline from a newspaper from the Times on January 3rd in 2009. Um, and it's a reference to effectively the banks failing and the moral hazard of the financial system. So that's sort of the one of the hidden messages and or coded messages in of Bitcoin's origin. Right. And I found another one. But yeah, this is fun. This is great. That's the only one I found, really. The, the last Do one, see- sorry. Um, yeah. But um, it is, so you know where the tree is? You know, it's it, yeah. it, it's uh, um, it's a carving on the tree, trunk. yeah. It's a carving on the tree trunk. E dot oh no, zero six one zero two. That's right. So, like EO rating or something like that. Um, no, that's actually a reference to a, another period in monetary history. So, EO stands for executive order. At 6102. So Executive Order 6102 was issued by President, um, was, it, was it Roosevelt then or who? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. It was. Um, I think it was Roosevelt. In 1933, he authorized the US government to effectively seize all the privately owned gold, took gold away from the citizens. It was valued at 20 or $21 per ounce. Mm-hmm. I forget the exact price. And basically, he, he tried to seize it all. And then the next day, he revalued it to $35 an ounce. So he seized their gold and he devalued it before their eyes after he took it from them. So, so that like, was another big, mar- another big marker in monetary history and you and the dollar's history. Do you understand? Right. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay. Oh, do you want me to point you to a couple others? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you talked about the, the 1971, that's like a leaf from the tree. And you talked about the marking etching on the tree. Do you know what kind of tree it is? Oh, let's see. Wait, the one from Alex in the Wonderland? No, it's it's closely at the leaves. Look closely at the leaves. No, no, no. It's 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 a money tree. Like there's there's a real thing called a money tree. Money tree. 
No, it's a money tree. <laughs> I don't know. There's lot. There's lots of places with a money tree and and trees. I don't know. No, well, but that's you... if if you Google like money tree, a money tree yeah. is a real type of tree. So that tree on the cover was drawn in the styling of a real money tree. And not only is it a money tree, but it's a dying money tree. If you notice from left to right, there's more leaves on the left. And as you go a little bit to the right, you notice the leaves are kind of dying off. Yeah, yeah. It's because the money tree okay. is dying. I understand now. So the, there's there's a whole bunch of stories on the cover. What about in the city? Do you see anything in or leading to the city that's of interest? Uh, oh, uh, the um, uh, what is it called? Well, what what does it look like to you? Uh, like zigzags mm -hmm. to to the city. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a pathway, right? Yeah, basically. What's it? What's the pathway made of? Do you think? Dan, are, is this going to be recorded on video or just the audio for <laughs> listeners' sake? Uh, actually, yeah, let's let's hold it up. Maybe we could just put this one on YouTube too. Uh, oh, no, hang on. Oh, we got it. I, yeah, it doesn't but... work. This is the first time I'm using this virtual background. So, yeah, we're screwing this hold... up big time. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Do, 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 do you want me to share? Let, let me put it up on screen. Can I share the screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Okay, let me do that. All right. Hang I'll on. put it up so that everyone can see what we're talking about here. Yeah. Oh, yeah close some of that stuff off and all right here we have it so uh so yeah the zigzags leading to the uh city but what does that mean the this pathway mm -hmm. it's like it's like a circuit board so it's just meant to be like mimic a bit of a, a circuit board like it like it's um you know, an electric digital pathway that's kind of leading to the future. The city is is meant to be sort of representative of like our home and the direction we're heading towards, right? The the wizard, the uh, if you want to call him the protagonist of the book, it's not a story, but he none, nonetheless, oh, sorry, the phone's ringing. Um, he nonetheless is sort of the protagonist of the book and he's lighting his way home away from the dying money tree Right. Sorry, I got I got that phone ringing in the background. Um, away from the dying money tree towards his home, which is in effect the future. And there's a few things in the city that are um, meant to sort of inspire or, or be like an aspirational future. And Bitcoin is helping light his light his way. Right. He's using Bitcoin, the moon, mm -hmm. conveniently yeah. to light light his way home. The moon. The moon is Bitcoin. Is it also a reference? I always thought it was a reference to the Wizard of Oz and that being the um, the, the Yellow Brick Road. Uh, initial, so initially, yeah, I did. Like, you, you could definitely think of it that way, for sure, too. Um, I, I actually think I have a piece in, in Chapter 3 somewhere where I reference, uh, like, the Yellow Brick Road or Wizard of Oz, something to that effect. But, yeah, um, yeah I, you know what? I Like, I, I literally, when I was doing, when I was designing this thing, Dan, like, you have no idea the thoughts that were flying through my mind because I'm, like, literally <laughs> trying to layer things in there and just bury things, like, like I said, within the book itself, there's, again, probably another dozen or 15 um, Easter eggs. Do all the Easter eggs add up to 21? No, but there is oh, something that adds yes. up to 21. But there <laughs> is something that adds up to 21. Hang on. Hang on. Where? where, where? <laughs> oh, it's got to be the stars, no? It's the stars, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's 21 stars on the cover. Very well done. 
Thank uh, you. So, so there you go. You got, you got a few there. There's one or two we didn't talk about. We won't spoil those. Well, there's but, mining uh, machines. There's mining machines yeah. all in the city. There's blocks yep. in the city. There's the, uh, what is that the, sign? It's like the atom sign or... <laughs> Um, so it gives you clues on the back. Okay, I know it. See, because oh, these right, are the yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. What what is that sign like? The uh, the circular, the, the sphere. Yeah. So that's from you. Remember the movie Contact? It's a Bob, um, a Bob, a Carl Sagan novel, right? The uh, the astro uh, astronomer and philosopher. Uh, he wrote the book Contact. With uh, it was a movie starring Jodie Foster and Matt McConaughey, mm -hmm. um, and basically that's the device that Jodie Foster uses to travel through space and time. And so that, to me, is right. a bit of an ode to Satoshi because we don't know yes. when or where he came from. Right? He is a mystery, mm -hmm. and so that is an ode to sort of the mysterious origin of Satoshi. And Bitcoin has spatial and temporal um, you know, elements to it that we've never had before as a, as a medium of exchange in our species. You got it. Now, as well, you've got the mountain in the background, which maybe you want to redraw as a volcano. I I'm just throwing well, that out. Yeah, you know what? For, for volume two, right? I'll have to redraw it as a volcano for sure. It was meant to be like growth, right? Like we're, we're going up kind of thing. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it, if, if I were to redo it today... Up. The rocket, of course. And where is the rocket going, Lauren? The moon. Straight to it. And and if you go, you have the physical book in front of you. So go to the very last page of the book. Mm -hmm. and the, yeah. Or the last picture, right? Notice the changes between... It, it's very similar to the cover, but there's a couple subtle differences. I'll let you hey, flip like the, there. Like the back cover or the really back back? No, no, no like page oh, 120. Yeah, like page 120 area. Yeah, one twenty-six. Right, okay. There it is. There's a there's the rocket. So what's the difference between that yeah, picture and the cover? Yeah, the population, the money tree. We can't see that yet because it's zoomed in. We have the this is because the, because he's now because he's now closer to home. Look at look at how many bumps there are on that circuitry path on the cover, and now look at how many bumps there are. Mm -hmm. Right, he's he's closer to home now. He's finding his way home. And where's the rocket? The rocket's close to the moon. It kind of the, the rocket's actually in flight now, as opposed to grounded on the cover. And also, it's not just the moon, right? The moon is just a pit stop. We're going, we're going well beyond that, right? Look, look, look what else. It's not just the moon on that last picture. It's other planets I forgot. <laughs> yeah. We got we yeah. we got we got galaxies to explore. Yeah. Lots and lots. That's very cool. And you have the um the, yes, he's the, not there at the beginning. He, yeah, the, the um it's the, uh, I, I only know it from the sign Libra, from the Zodiac sign or something like that. Liberty. Like, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. The sort of, that's the statue, not, not Lady Liberty, but um, it's like in front of a lot justice. of courthouses for justice. Yeah. yeah. And it's, fl okay. it's, fl it's, it's flanked by flames. Yeah. Um, like flaming cauldrons. And then it's standing in front of what's meant to be um, like the Parthenon. Mm -hmm. or the pantheon sorry maybe pantheon, i'm screwing this yeah. up the yeah. pantheon pardon me um which was like the original public square because bitcoin is this agreeable common ground everyone can come and congregate on it everybody's welcome and so you discover that in the book and then it's revealed towards the end and the population so there, there, there's an image of that earlier in the book you got it. Lots All of right. yeah. lots of fun stuff. Yeah.
It's a cool book, huh? Yeah. Want to read it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? You will read though. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll stop sharing the screen now. Yeah, um, I I've been wanting to do this for a while. I haven't been motivated. It's an idea in the back of my head. Maybe if I say it out loud, I'll, I'll actually commit to it. Uh, I've been wanting to write a kid's version of my book. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I have these, I have these characters. I have the wizard protagonist. I have this antagonist in the book as well. The evil banker man. Um, so I kind of want to write a, a kid's book using those characters and some of the settings I have. And yeah, because I'm more I think into, that would be cool. I'm not really into uh, Bitcoin and well, I am into Bitcoin, but like not all those books and stuff. I'm, I'm more into like adventures. And, okay. Yeah, this one, this one may be a little advanced for you yet. Yeah, I, I think it's just a bit maybe like when I'm like 31 or something like that. <laughs> Lauren, Bitcoin is the greatest adventure you'll ever know. It's true. It's different. I'm, I'm an 11 year old. You're a 45 year old, nearly 46 year old. All right, children. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a big age difference big int- big gap in interest difference and yeah i mean you know what it just when the time is right you may find it interesting too and then you'll go and you'll you'll go on your own path of discovery for it how when about I that is that it, fair I, when i find it when i'm older i'm just gonna be like oh that's an old book well when we were growing up <laughs> jesse and i yeah uh, uh, I, I actually won't speak on behalf of jesse but you know I, i'm gonna i'm gonna wager that he probably read a few choose your own adventure books uh, at some stage then bitcoin is choose your own adventure that that is the rabbit hole right we need right listeners if, if, if jesse's not you know willing to to step up to this task there's there's a whole market addressable market here for for kids uh 11 oh. to 18 when I, when I have private conversations about this, I tell people all the time, I'm like, there should be thousands of kids' Bitcoins books out there. Like if, if for anyone listening, if you're looking for something to do and contribute to Bitcoin, you don't know what to do, write a really simple kids' books. Kids' stuff, first of all, kids' stuff sells. People love kids' stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we need to teach our youth about Bitcoin. We need to teach it in a very friendly, relatable, approachable way. If you can write a kids' book that kids can understand, then chances are their parents are going to understand it too. And Sometimes we need to bring it down a level and make it simpler for yeah, so, you know adults to understand too. That's that's why I'm, t- I'm t- like it when I go on to the podcast because then she can actually understand what the people are saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they, yeah, when they answer your questions, but we should shout out definitely already the the books that are available out there. Uh, well, there's yeah. I haven't picked them up yet, but the Tuttle Twins do uh, a great series, uh, not particularly on Bitcoin, but on all kinds of stuff. You haven't told me this. I, I bought I I bought the whole series for my nephew. Did you? Right. I did. I, Is it good? I only just recently found out about it. I've got to rip this whole series and <laughs> well, get into well, it. well, well, he he's three years old, so he doesn't really know. Right. What, you know, he <laughs> he's he, he can't actually read it. I, I was just getting ahead of the curve. You know, I just yeah. bought it so that it would be in his library for later. Look at Uncle Jesse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, I'm your so, nephew, too. So this um, is true. <laughs> this is true. A way but, how to get books. But we do have to shill the actual books that are existing out there because well, we have well, there's the night Bitcoin. Yeah. And which, oh, the, uh, the other one. Uh, Bitcoin yeah, for kiddos. Yeah. 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 There's also Bitcoin Money, the Bitcoin rabbi's book, which is yep. terrific. And I highly recommend that one. As well as I, I've read oh, Goodnight Moon. Yeah. I bought so my nephew loves Goodnight Bitcoin. He lo- he he goes, Oh, Natoshi on the moon. You know, he loves Natoshi, that. Natoshi, that's the best. Natoshi. 
Oh, merch. Where I, are the I, merch guys? We we need some yeah, Natoshi hats. I have <laughs> so many ideas on the merch. Yeah. A lot. Then make a store and connect it to the node. Let's That's go. We've got sets to stack. Studio. <laughs> well, we'll get to work, child. Like you know, like there's a dip I still right have now. My Bitcoin frisbee <laughs> in my three D modeling. Thing. Okay, yeah, the Bitcoin frisbee. You were beaten to the punch on the Bitcoin frisbee. The stacking sats guys made the Bitcoin frisbee for the Beer Ritz conference. We have two of them already. Yeah. All right. Are you done with your questions? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm still not. No. Oh, oh, right in the right in the heart. Just Look, stabbed me in the heart on the way out the door. The author is sitting right. Your uncle, it's, Uncle Jesse, tell, the tell, author of this book. I mean, show some respect on our show. Good for um, older men like my dad. <laughs> so, uh, but, say that again. I didn't hear. It, she said it might be good for older men. Ah, uh, oh, okay, no, it, and older women, right? It does. Oh yeah, older men and old. Bitcoin is for everyone, Lauren. Yeah. Bitcoin's for everybody. I really. You got that right. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Do you just want to take it up to your bedroom and you can just flick through it and look at the pictures from time to time? You can ask me what they mean, and if I don't know, we can get Uncle Jesse back on the phone. <laughs> there you go. Yo, Uncle Jesse. Yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get. I get. Oh, I get that. All right, this is this is this is making for bad listening I, right now, Lauren. We're we're sending her we're sending her down. You're Lauren, you're gonna go to a, down the rabbit hole as you go to sleep yeah. tonight. Uh, yeah. well, you know the reason why I don't read books is because Daddy reads them instead, and then he chats about all, all of them. So wait, 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 wait. But Lauren, I got yeah. a question for you now. What yeah. if your dad's wrong? What if your dad's wrong? Don't you need you can't trust anyone. That's you you thing. need to verify it for yourself. That you should think about it. Make sure that what he's saying actually makes sense, that you can figure it out for yourself. Because otherwise, you know, maybe he's going to lead you astray. I'm not saying he would do that, but... Do you trust me? No. We all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just not, poisoned not your daughter. Much. Sorry, Dad. Not that much. <laughs> why? Give me an example of why you don't trust me. Reason one. Mummy's mm. always right. <laughs> you see, listeners, the brainwashing is complete. Reason yeah. two. <laughs> Because, because, um, reason three. Because that's always, because. My, that's, that's, you, you know what? You'd make, you'd make a great politician with rationales like that. That's, that's yeah. exactly how to, to climb to the top with rationale like that. Well done. <laughs> thank you, Lauren. Yeah. Thank you. I'll try thank and you. when I'm older, but don't, don't, don't trust me on that. Yeah. Don't trust <laughs> You're you're learning well. You're learning very well. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have. Uh, he's 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 he seems like a pretty okay role model to yeah, me. I I, I, have a whole I th- you got a good you got a good one. Yeah. Anyways, bye. Bye. <laughs> yes, Jesse. What's uh, what's what's been keeping you busy, man? It's been a long time since we. Well, am I right in saying? Once Bitten was the first pod after you released the book? Once Bitten, when I released the book, yeah, you were the very first podcast I went on, first Bitcoin, well, first podcast, let alone Bitcoin podcast that I went on. And uh, I remember I was so nervous. I was, you know, <laughs> you're like, Jesse, it's okay. You're doing great. You know, 
my how things change, right? My how times change. What was that? 15 months ago. It was October of 2020 that I was mm-hmm. on when I launched the book. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we've come a long way since then. I've come a long way since then. Everywhere. The world's changed in dramatic ways since then. Um, he has. Yeah. And the, the feedback I'm, I'm guessing has just been uh, nothing but incredible and heartwarming and humbling. It's, it's been awesome. Like I, I, th- I think it, it spread nicely through word of mouth. I, I did sort of, you know, a circuit of podcasts for a few months when I launched it, which was great. Um, everyone who had me on, you know, did the work to, to at least try to dig through it and read it and um, sang, sang the praises of it. And I mean, I, I, I put my heart and soul into it, man. Like I, I put everything I had into that book. Um, and yeah, feedback's been great. I, I've been going, you know, at every opportunity to Bitcoin meetups in the air in, uh, Toronto in the area that I'm in, cause I can't go too far these days. Um, and it's crazy when people come up to you and like, I read your book and it was so awesome. Thank you so much for writing that. And I'm just like, you know, you kind of hope that would happen, but when it hits you right in the face, it's, it's something else. It's a very cool feeling. I'm, I'm grateful to everyone that's read it and shared it and who've, you know, taken something away from it and, and have been changed to some degree by it. So it's, it's been a really cool, you know, 15 months or so. I remember Greg Foss, uh, shelling it very, very hard, uh, with, uh, the Karadza brothers, right? The, uh, those guys in, uh, in did Toronto. You, did you, do you, uh, did you get interviewed by them or do you, did, did you meet them or, okay. Yeah. yeah the, the Karadza boys are great. Um, and Foss, you know, Foss is my homeboy. Um, you know, he's, he's my number one cheerleader. Um, I, I sent him the book because we had a mutual friend basically when I launched the book and he was bugging me for a while. Oh, you know, give me a copy. I'd love to get a hold of it. And he was, he wasn't who he is now, right? He didn't have the following or whatever he had now. And so I sent him the book and, you know, he was over the moon for it. He's bought, he's bought a couple boxes off of me to just give away. Like he's a beauty. He's a gem, that guy. Um, he just want, you know, you've, you've a lot of your listeners, I'm sure have heard him, whether on your podcast or others, um, you know, he's got his story, he's animated, he's fun. He just, you know, he wants people to be happy and free. Um, and yeah, he's, he's picked up the torch and helped run with my book. And, uh, I'm definitely grateful to Greg for that. It's, it's what, what really pisses me off, uh, with what's been going on the last 18 months is that you guys in Canada have got such a strong core group of bitcoiners you know you got jeff booth you got greg you got yourself jv john vallis um francis over at bull bitcoin i mean the whole bull bitcoin team uh yeah we we got ben btc sessions at west um benny right we we got a lot we got lots of guys here and you got lots of freedom lovers it's just been so stifling for you guys for the whole world but i don't know what's been going on in canada particularly uh, you know, what we see on the news might not be actually what's going on on the ground, but uh, watching like Trudeau kind of just basically <laughs> that there's no other, I, I just can't believe what I'm seeing. So, you know, I read, right, I came out with my book and I, in my head, when I came out with the book, I'm like, yes, I can sort of pin my reputation to Bitcoin. This is the the ship to ride on without question. Like, full steam ahead and COVID restrictions, not COVID itself, but COVID restrictions, you know, it really caught up with me and frustrated me and pissed me off because, you know, I was, you know, 
freedom oriented. It's evidenced in, in my writing in my book, which came out, you know, before COVID was really too harsh on anyone. Um, but what was happening here? Like, I, I knew that I, I couldn't shut up. I had a little bit of a platform and I basically, I was one of the few people here that had the freedom to be like, you know what? I'm not, I, there's no strings on me. Um, I'm going to say something. No one's going to cancel me. You know, I mean, maybe Twitter wants to cancel me at some point, but uh, that's a whole other story. But I mean, you know, I have no employer who's going to say, oh, don't, don't say this, don't say that. And so I started talking, I started tweeting, I started following certain stories. I read, I wrote this piece. I don't, did you, uh, did you read my Adamson barbecue piece or do you know that story? I know the story. I can't remember if I read your piece exactly, but I've read a few of them and I've listened to them yeah. on uh, John Vallis's show. So if you, yeah, if you want yeah, to tell the listeners, on. tell the listeners what happened so everybody's filled in. Well, I, I, I don't want to necessarily rehash the whole story, but basically I, I wrote this big write-up um, explaining how this restaurateur, basically during the second lockdown in the fall of 2020, realized, hey, this is really dumb. You know, the first lockdown, no one knew what the hell was happening. Okay, we're kind of going to comply and go along. But by the second time, he was like, no, 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 no. We know enough about this virus at this point. We know who it affects, who it doesn't. We know it's not spreading at restaurants. Like, I'm standing up and I'm going to keep my restaurant open. He actually had organized with like six or seven other restaurants to stay open that day. And all of them backed out on the day it came to open. And it was just him standing alone. And the media tried to make an example out of him. And he held his ground. And basically, I, I'd been paying attention to the story when it when all this went down, because this was in November of 2020. But what happened was in uh, February of 21, he held a press conference with all the local news channels. And it was a half an hour bit where he had, you know, a 10 minute prepared statement. And then they asked him a bunch of questions. And he revealed all the details of his court case. He's fighting the PCR test. He's fighting the lockdowns. He's fighting for the fact that there's no alternative treatments, the whole, like he was going after the entire premise of the pandemic. And he was, you know, they wanted him to have a soundbite that they could make fun of him for. Uh, they were hoping to catch that and they didn't. So they, even though CBC, Global, CTV, sort of the three main national news channels here, all recorded his press conference, they didn't run a thing. Like they didn't actually run it on the news at all. Um, because he didn't embarrass himself. They asked questions and he had very smart answers. He was poised, even though he looks like, you know, just a cowboy Yahoo. Um, he knows what's up. And so they didn't run it. And I thought, well, this is a great story. He has a great case. He's going, he's attacking the government who is infringing on our rights. He's fighting for everyone. He, you know, people call him selfish, but he's, his rights are my rights, you know, like, if he's fighting for, you know, what he's fighting for, I, I, I want him to fight for. Like, I stand for those same values. And so I just had this bug in my head that, like, I need to help get this story out. I don't know why it, it, it took hold on me, but I, I guess it resonated. And so I wrote this big write-up. And uh, while it didn't necessarily, um, it's, it's not, you know, the same as my book, but there is an, the end of that article. You remember you read when I first did your podcast, you read a segment from my book. You remember that? The, the sort of one of the, from the last page, a big uh, segment I had. So I had a big, uh, you know, blow off top at the end of the article, let's say that I was very proud of. And uh, maybe, maybe, you know what you want, can I read it for you guys now? Please. All right. Hold on. Just give me one second. I'll pull it up here. Cause this was, uh, I was really proud of this. I've been retweeting the hell out of certain quotes from it. Um, 
Where can people and find I think, the whole article? So if you search um, risk it for the brisket and my right. name, Jesse Berger, and my name, Jesse Berger, um, you'll find it. It's on Medium. You can, if you search my name on Medium, um, you'll find it. Okay, I'm just pulling up the article now. So I'll sort of skip to the yeah. the this last paragraph here. And it and it's applicable. Part of part of what I wrote this for, um, you know, is sort of documenting that, you know, I, I witnessed everything going on and you know, I'm I observed and I, you know, I was careful at first. I didn't know what to make of what was happening, but you know, I'm able to think critically about what was happening and I know this is wrong. And, you know, I kind of wanted a record that, like, you know my kids, my nephew, my niece, or my future kids, I should say my niece, my nephew, like, I want them to know that, you know, Uncle Jesse, dad, you know, he stood up for Canadians, for people when, you know, others were hiding and cowering. And so the line opens with the time has come for Canadians too, but maybe I'll switch it to uh, the time has come for all of us to reject the immoral and legitimate use of government power, to reject the quasi-science and politicized health mandates, to reject opaque policy formulation and decision-making practices, to reject the double standards and two-faced rhetoric of public servants, to reject the politicians who value their careers over their constituency, to reject the wasteful and ineffective spending of taxpayer money, to reject the fear and insecurity of cancel culture, to reject the deployment of police as a tool for intimidation rather than to protect the peace, to reject the prioritization of an indiscernible common good, quote, common good over the rights of all individuals to reject the unwarranted invasions into people's private affairs and associations, to reject censorship and conformity over freedom of expression and open debate, and to reject those responsible for undermining our national heritage and sovereignty. Um, drop the mic, Jesse. Yeah. That's... I seem to have developed a little bit of a habit for that. That's awesome. <laughs> You, you, you have, because there are so many points in the book uh, that, you, you know, you just, those killer paragraphs. And there, there, there are two people in the space, I think, that do it best. And it's you and Soap that just completely, poof. When I, uh, you're reading a book and it just like mind blows you, you're like, whoa, all right, hang on. Let me reread that and reread that and reread that and let that sit with me and think about it for a little while. Um, and I do remember that, that I, I've either seen it in a tweet or at the end of the article, I can't, I, I wish I knew which one, but now you've read it is way more powerful. Which one of those rejections do you want to go down? Which, which rabbit hole? Like to discuss from the paragraph right there. Yeah. To reject. Oh, X. yeah. Pick oh one. my God. To re- um, I just, I just closed it. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm too quick on the draw here. Okay, hold on. Let's. Uh... There's one about heritage, right? Was that one of the uh, last ones? Yeah, yeah. It's the 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 very last one was about rejecting um, and to reject those responsible for undermining our national heritage and sovereignty. And so that is a dig at Trudeau, and I I give him a good couple of jabs in in the article. Um, who is, you know, calling Canada a post-nation state, right? Using this opportunity for a reset, all this great reset, you know, garbage. Um, and literally trying to redefine, you know, what Canadian values are and, you know, what Canada is and stands for. And like, 
no, I, I don't approve of this. You don't have my permission. Like I, I'm your boss, right? I'm a citizen. I'm a taxpayer. I, I cast a vote. You know, you respond to me. Like, I, I don't listen to you. I pay your, your salary, right? You work for me. It's not the other way around. I don't follow your agenda. The people set the agenda and you abide by what we want. And that's how it's supposed to be. But there's this mindset for, that's becoming more pervasive right now. And COVID is obviously... Um, you know, pushed a lot of people over the edge towards thinking that, oh, well, maybe we do need collectivism and authoritarianism. And, you know, they just have this myopic mind, you know, mindset of, oh, well, you know, it's the only way we're going to save the climate. And it's the only way we're going to, you know, get rid of COVID is if we give government more power, right? It's the, it's that meme of, you know, you know, the guy killing the economy. And it's like, who did this, you know, and it's the government, you know, blaming other people like who could have done this? Anyway, so it you know I, it's it's funny you bring this up because it's been sitting with me recently. Like um, you see, you come to these realizations, and it's like in in what other world, you know, in what other business world do the employees hold more power than the employers, other than politics, right? Yeah. Well, this is a, a consequence to some degree of over the course of you know, I guess a generation, maybe two, right? Talking about politics and talking about money is taboo, right? Oh, you, you, we don't talk politics at the table. Oh, you, you know, it's not appropriate to talk about money. And so we ignore the topics, we become ignorant about them. And, and this is the result. So, you know, these are topics that need to be discussed. You need to have nuanced conversations about the implications of both of these topics um, and many others that we ignore or brush aside or only focus on, you know, we have the, the blinders on and only, you know, the green energy. Oh, look at the, the solar panels and the, the windmills. Like there's not, there's no carbon in this. It's like, well, how are they produced and how long do they last and what happens when they die, you know, and how they're, how are they maintained? You know, there's a whole, there, there's broader context to so many topics in this world. And the narrative is always tunnel vision. And Generally, where would these conversations, when people were having them, where would they have taken place, right? At the dinner table, at a restaurant, at a bar, at a cafe. What was the first thing? What was the first thing closed down? It's divide and conquer, right? It's separate you. I mean, separate people. You're not, you know, create this invisible enemy, right? Where, oh, you know, everyone is a potential you know, vector of disease. And so you can't go near people. So everyone is, is your enemy. And then we're also divided by being apart. You, they sort of killed two birds with one stones with the divide and conquer and invisible enemy with COVID. Um, it's, it's, you know, remarkable in its evil genius, you know, brilliance um, and scary, but at least people are waking up to it little by little, even here. <laughs> but you even you here. feel that now? You like, you, you feel like the narrative breaking down? Well, so Canada, I would say, based on my observations, has been one of, you know, the worst places like we're run by a bunch of woke hypochondriacs here. Um, And they because all our national news channels are all to one degree or another funded by the government, there are talking points and things they can and cannot say. Um, And there's certainly, you know, there's no opposition both in the media and there's no opposition in politics like our quote conservative party. (laughs) is <laughs> a sham it's like this guy Aaron O'Toole is the leader of conservative party he, he just goes goes along with everything Trudeau does he he'll he'll raise you know one little point 
and then never follow up and just roll over and whatever you know Trudeau does, he just goes along with. It's a joke. Like it's it's been really sad for me to see what Canada's become. However, the developments the last couple of days are giving me a little bit of hope, and I hope it's not misplaced. But uh, I'm sure you've heard about the trucker rally. Have you heard no, about this? I've missed this. So, a few days ago, I guess maybe four or five days ago, some trucker got real pissed off. He heard about. Um, a friend of his who was basically getting laid off and she, you know, she wasn't going to make her trucker payments, her truck payments. She wasn't going to make her mortgage payments because of the vaccine mandate. And he just made this, you know, TikTok video, whatever, a two minute clip where he was just angry and like, you know what, we got to do something. I'm calling on the truckers to converge on Ottawa. Let's pick a date. Let's converge on Ottawa. And apparently that video blew up. They started to go fund me. The person who started the GoFundMe, and I know this because I actually just listened to an interview with the organizer um, yesterday. Um, the organizer said, yeah, you know, they started, they were hoping to raise, you know, a few thousand dollars, whatever, 10, 20, $30,000. Um, as of today, they're over $3.3 million. They've, they've started, like they have committees of people involved. They're working with law enforcement organizations to make sure it's a peaceful protest and they are not, you know, going offside and giving the authorities a reason to crack down on them. And there are right now, thousands of trucks converging on parliament in Ottawa and in the capital of Canada, thousands from across the country. And their plan is we are converging on Ottawa. We are all just parking, sit, setting up shop. They, because they have like, they have a lot of organization. Um, they're basically setting up in, like a base camp with infrastructure. They're going to provide food. They're going to provide shelter. Um, the money is going towards obviously the gas because it's coming out of these guys' pockets to, to just converge on Ottawa. Um, and they're basically handing a member. Their plan is to hand a memorandum of understanding to parliament and say, listen, guys, here's the deal. Either the cabinet resigns, the entire cabinet resigns, or you remove all mandates and restrictions. And they're talking masks, vaccines, the whole bit. And if you don't do that, we are not leaving. And what's going to happen? The country, like, it's a little scary thinking that literally, if, if this isn't resolved within a few days, if someone doesn't blink in a few days, like, you know, we're seeing a little bit of food shortages now. I think it's still manageable, but it doesn't necessarily take that long for that to fall apart and for the crowd, you know, people to get real desperate. Um, so Things are coming to a head. It feels like here. I hope I'm not wrong. I hope I'm, you know, my hope isn't misplaced. I know from what I hear that these guys, you know, these are blue collar workers, right? They've been keeping uh, shelf stock this whole time. They have no intention of backing down and they got nothing to lose. And it's all truckers standing up for their brother, for their brethren, right? It's not just like, oh, it's just the unvaccinated truckers. No, 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 no. They know it's all like, they're all in it together, right? They're all in it together. Um, and so there is a huge convoy converging on Ottawa in the next few days. It's going to be real interesting. This is pretty kind of historic because if you, if you study history, I'm listening at the moment to, uh, when money dies and, uh, he, he's going through like the whole Weimar Republic, um, and, uh, you know, post-World War One. the part I'm at in the book is post-World War One, pre-World War Two. you know, Hitler's just coming into the picture, but, and I think there's there's other examples of this. Generally, when we reach this point, it's the the lower class, it's the middle class that gets screwed, right? Because yeah. they're getting screwed by the top, and then they're getting hated by the um, the, the working class or the lower classes, whatever you want to call them, whatever's politically correct yeah. to say. I don't know. And so, yeah. 
they the 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 lower classes this is classic divide and conquer tactics the lower classes come for those first because that's just the next rung up but it sounds to me as though like it's not happening this time like uh the blue collar guys they're like nah we know who's doing this and that's right yeah we're not listening to your bullshit anymore and we're going to come and sit and gridlock the whole damn state and the whole damn country within a few days that's huge they're they're backing the government into a corner like i i i'm trying to you know play it out like what are the government's options right they can come out you know cracking heads and want to arrest all of them but that solves nothing and makes every single problem worse and is guaranteed in my mind to you know stoke a really angry populace on parliament so that's not a great option for trudeau and, and the government and if these guys are setting up shop and saying well we're not going to blink. And I mean, you know, look at these guys, like they're not going to blink. They, they can wait a lot longer. They, they have nothing to lose effectively. Right. Exactly. So they're not going to blink. So Trudeau, you know, he's got a career to save. He's got a life to save. I I bet he blinks first. Um, And then what happens then? I mean, he loses a lot of face. Um, We saw Boris Johnson, right. Have to lift the mandates and we can i don't you know i have a few you know there's speculation as to the reasons for that and uh um, it's interesting speculate to, jesse that's speculate. What the podcast oh, is for. oh come on i mean like i'm just uh you know an internet sleuth like everybody else these days right <laughs> well we have to be right <laughs> yeah because how else are you gonna make sense of it? it right nothing well nothing makes sense first of all but um I mean, obviously there's the the whole partying issue, right? So mm-hmm. it's, oh, uh, well, is he just redoing it because it's that scandal has gotten too big to ignore that he has to just say, okay, well, if I could party, you can party too. Um, you know, that seems a little plausible. I don't, I have a hard time believing that that's the real story. Um, obviously, you know, going much further down the rabbit hole, there's the uh, Mike Eden and Reiner Fulmich and those sort of legal cases that are being launched and maybe pressure is mounting from that angle that I would love to believe that. But, you know, I, I invested a little mental energy in that at one point and I, you know, I lost faith. I came back. So I waver a little bit on that. It's it's hard to say. It's just interesting to see all these forces play out. And as just, you know, an average guy as a pleb, we're just trying to piece the puzzle together so that we can figure out, okay, where's the next domino going to fall? How's it going to affect me? How should I position myself? And at the end of the day, really all we can do is, you know, do the best we can for ourselves and our loved ones. Um, but like in a day and age where information is, you know, truth is a matter of, it is more subjective. It's, you know, there's a lot of lies and mis- misinformation floating about you have to be critical and you have to, you know, don't trust anyone verify, right? Like figure it out for yourself and, and plan accordingly. And it's, uh, it's a hell of a time trying to do it. Um, but I don't think there's, you have any other option right now. Everyone has to, you know, get, get their hands dirty and start to figure things out. Yeah. And uh, I think Lee, the, the biggest shot in the foot for all of this, you know, it, if this was a big collusion, which it clearly seems to be, I mean, how could it not be? I mean, come there's on. There's a lot. There's a lot of coincidences. Oh my goodness! I mean, the fact of what's been going on in Australia and New Zealand, you know, just just two examples, but like more recently, Austria and Germany. Like, how 
is no other head of state coming out and denouncing this. That is absolutely beyond belief that somebody's not come out because like pre this bullshit, they'd have been falling over themselves to be first on television, denouncing yeah. a crime against humanity here. Or yeah. a crime against, I mean, they did it all the time to China or, you know, the, the perfect example, the, the poster child of crimes against humanity. They couldn't wait to be the first head of state to denounce them. Yeah. Now, no. Well, Crickets. who who butters their bread, right? Like mm -hmm. who, you know, who pays their bills these days? It's it's they, we we crossed a Rubicon where we're, you know, I, I know Laser Hoddle has his much more well laid out theory on this than me. Um, but, you know, we're there's a global power shift going on. It seems, you know, if you stop and think about it for a minute, yeah, that seems very logical. And so now rather than kowtowing and, you know, talking about, oh, yeah, you know, human rights. Da, 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 now it's well meet the new boss we we got to play by their rules it's no longer the american value system it's the chinese value system that we're gonna we're gonna gear ourselves towards now because they're the power perhaps if this all plays out in their favor which uh there's a few thorns in their side and uh you know we have to have hope and uh belief that you know the good guys are going to win i think they will um, but it's just super fascinating yeah watching it all watching it all happen in real time we're placing a lot of trust on the shoulders of Canadian truckers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so what's been going on for you in the world of Bitcoin, man? Like, uh, are you still, uh, I know I still see your, your, your monthly newsletter goes out. Uh, are you kind of bridging um, fiat land and Bitcoin land or you, you've, you've moved across? What, what's going on in the land of Jesse? So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat, orange pilling, I'd say. I'm, um, you know, whether it's at meetups, I do sort of just meetings with investors or anyone who's interested with it. I have made an explicit effort to try to orange pill people in the freedom movement in Canada. Um, so I go to protests and I literally strike up conversations with people and just gauge their interest. And if they're interested, okay, like, I'll spend the time, like, let me get you thinking about these topics because these are really important topics. Um, and so I've gotten a few interesting people now on my, you know, not list, but just I've, I've had some, I've gotten to meet some cool people as a result of this. Um, I think it's the way to go. Like, I, I, I want people who care about freedom to be the first onboarded with Bitcoin. Let, let, let the masses follow later, right? I think, you know, Svetsky talks about the remnant and, you know, the masses, the masses will come when they have no other choice but to come. Um, so let's get those that are sticking their neck out now that are courageous, that understand what the real fight here is. Let's get those guys understanding the value proposition of Bitcoin. Let's help them. Let's empower them to be leaders, of, you know, in the coming years and to be, you know, financially independent and not beholden to whatever their bank tells them they can or can't do with their money. Um, help them feel that, you know, feeling of freedom that they're looking for and they want, and maybe they don't necessarily know how to get. And that that Bitcoin really, you know, it's it sends a, a jolt up your spine when you when you know it. It's uh, it's very very empowering. And so I want to help people here because this is my community, right? This is my country, my community. I want. I'm doing my part here. I know there's Bitcoiners in their corners of the world doing their part there, but that's been my focus for the last nine months, basically since I stopped the the podcasting for the book and just, I wrote the Adamson article and that's like, I, I developed, I have, I sort of have these two audiences now. I have the Bitcoin audience and I have this like the Canadian like 
proper conservative freedom movement audience. And so now I'm sort of trying to win those guys over too. Did you, uh, what, what about your boy, Chris Sky? Have you ever managed to get close to him? <laughs> no, um, he's, you know, he was always out there. He's a, he's a character. He's got, he, you know, he's got that right message of United non-compliance. He just doesn't have the right temperament, right? He pops off, he gets a little too angry and, uh, you know, he'll, he'll come around. He has, he'll be humbled. You know, I think he got humbled a little bit a couple months back. Um, I never really got in touch with them. Um, he was pretty agitated by the Bitcoin, right? The Bitcoin or the, the cyber hornets can get feisty when, uh, yeah. when the hornet's nest is poked. Uh, so I think he got turned off by that, but that's fine. You know, he'll, he'll realize what it is in time as everyone does, right? When the time is right, he'll, he'll get it or he'll reach out. For the listeners so, that yeah. don't understand, he, he's the, um, he was the original gym bro, right? Uh, for that, uh, spoke out against what was going on in the very early days. It's one of my favorite oh, yeah. Bitcoin, well, not Bitcoin, uh, Twitter clips, excuse me, uh, where, oh man, it was right. It was probably March or it was, it was like summer 2020. of 2020. It was, it was summer, summer 2020. 2020. Right. Yeah. Where he's like, here's what they're going to do. They're going to roll out the new variant. They're going to roll out the vaccine. They're going to tell you to get the shot. They're going to, they're going to, you know, lock you down. You're going to get your shot and then they're going to lock you down again. They're going to create a new variant. So a new vaccine. And you're just going to keep going on the circle, circle, circle. And he was listing everything as a like the clip aged beautifully. It's just too bad. He, you know, he's, he's got to stabilize himself a little bit. Chris, if you're listening, it is what it is, bro. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to hear this. But... <laughs> I'm sure he's not listening. Uh, yeah, and, until I don't know, maybe, um, maybe he gets the orange pill. I don't know. He was close. He was so close. Uh, he, it's but it's hard. But but people. So I, you know, like I said, I talked to people in the Canadian freedom movement, and you know, the gold and silver thing. Is where they hang their hat for the most part still mm -hmm. um precious metals is definitely where they're where they hang their hat i had a couple conversations i was at a an event last night i got to meet maxime bernier um who's the leader of the people's party of canada who is basically you know the only politician who you know doesn't get a lot of votes but he was leading the charge for freedom in canada from on the political scene um had an opportunity just to spend some time with people and yeah it's like gold and silver is still the thing they understand and basically, as I'm having conversations, I'm, I'm like poking holes in the theory. Oh, you think silver is going to go up? Well, won't they just mine a whole bunch more and bring on a bunch more supply? And won't that affect the price, you know, taken from safety and from his, right? Like I learned that way of thinking from the Bitcoin standard. Um, talking about, okay, well, also Bitcoin, I mean, gold, it's kind of a pessimistic play, right? It's like, oh, the apocalypse is here, internet digital dollars because we have digital dollars already you know we don't need a cbc cbdc to have digital dollars um you know if all that goes offline then we're in this kind of like apocalyptic scenario you're only doing commerce hand to hand and really if you have gold in that scenario wouldn't lead be a lot more valuable than gold you know you can have all the gold you want but if you can't protect it it won't be yours for very long so that's not a very optimistic scenario bitcoin is for the optimistic future right it's for the hopeful future okay we're gonna have the internet we're gonna do we're gonna have international commerce what's the best way to do international and local commerce right yeah i don't want to carry slivers of gold and silver to, to buy my coffee no bitcoin lightning network put it all together like that's the way of the future and so just helping people get out of that older apocalyptic you know prepper mindset which is not it's not that you shouldn't be prepared, but 
we should have hope for the future and gold and silver doesn't give me hope for the future. Bitcoin gives me hope for the future. And so I want them to realize that. Gold and silver was, was perfect. You know, that that's what our species, uh, you know, came to value as a medium of exchange over thousands. And it's carried on for over thousands of years. I mean, it's been corrupted beyond all hell now, uh, but it was the physical element, right? Whereas Bitcoin is the, yeah. the, 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 the cyberspace elements, the element of our new world, our new paradigm. People talk about being like interplanetary. It's like we, we already are, basically. We're, we're on a different planet now. You and I on a yeah. Zoom call, as Sailor says, we're bending space and time, <laughs> you know, and, and we've discovered the element that, that goes along with that, and that is Bitcoin. A hundred percent, yeah. It's um, it's interesting you bring up uh, Maxime Bernier because I wanted to talk to him about talk to you about him sure. uh, and Pierre as well. Polivier, have I said yeah. that correct? Poliev, I think. Yeah, Poliev. Pierre Poliev. Um, all right, break it down. Who are these guys? Because as outsiders looking in, we have no idea who they are. We don't know what parties they stand for, what their roles are. Like, uh, so if you want to start with, I mean, you, you kind of brushed on Maxime, but I've heard Maxime on John's podcast twice. This is what I love right. about Canada, right? This is what I think is so ripe because Maxime has been on John's podcast twice and we know he's read at least half of the Bitcoin standard because John sent him a copy and they've talked about it on the second episode uh, then uh, Pierre uh, addressed Parliament the other day and was citing directly yes. from the Bitcoin yes. standard, and then tweeted at Safe and said, "Thanks so much yes. for your books. They've they've helped me so much." And I know Foss is in their ears, and I know um, Jeff Booth is in their ears, and you have said you've now met Maxime. So there's a lot of shit to be hopeful for. So yeah, just just break it down. Who are these characters, and and what could this mean? Okay, so, you know, politics is something I'm learning about. It's not my, my forte per se, but um, so there's three main parties in Canada. There's the Liberal Party led by Justin Trudeau, which is not very liberal. There's the Conservative Party led by Aaron O'Toole, which doesn't conserve anything. And there's the NDP led by batshit crazy um, Jagmeet Singh. Let's, you know, for, I don't know how the hell they have support. They're further left than Trudeau. It's like, I don't understand that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i don't understand how that 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 dynamic is actually like i don't understand how it's here that blows my mind anyway so those are like the three big parties maxime bernier leads what's called the people's party so maxime bernier uh ran for leadership of the conservative party whatever five six odd years ago um didn't win i think a lot of people felt he should have won didn't make it and basically he said the conservative party isn't you know, promoting conservative values anymore. You guys are drifting too far away. I'm leaving. I'm starting my own party. So started he, and he was formerly, um, was he a cabinet? He was in the, he was, uh, in the cabinet or something like he's held a couple, he was an M, uh, minister of parliament. He's held a couple of different positions in parliament. Um, so he's, he's familiar with Ottawa. He's got, you know, he's got some, some salt and pepper. He's got some gray hairs, you know, he's been, he's been through the ringer. Um, and so he left, he started his own party, during the election in, um, what would it have been, 2015, I guess the first time around, you know, barely any support, nothing. Um, there was another election in, what would it have been, I guess, 2019, where, you know, he maybe drew 1% of support, but no seats. And then this past election in September of 2021, he got 
of the popular vote. Although they got no seats and that's a little fishy, but in any event, 5% of the popular vote, uh, which is a big deal. He was like the only party to actually gain votes. The conservative liberal, like everyone lost a little bit of the popular vote. He gained it. So that that's like his first real big stepping stone. It was a win, even though they didn't gain any seats. Um, they're a known party. They got lots of great candidates from, from across the country. Um, they're gaining support, all this stuff. So I actually remember back when I was working at Royal Bank, like in my retail, like my first job out of university in retail banking, I think it was in like 2009, Maxime gave a speech. Um, I forget where, but he gave a speech and he wrote an op-ed basically quoting his speech in the National Post, which is one of our national magazines. And I just remember going like, this guy, like he gets monetary policy. He understands how printing money is bad. He understands that debts are bad. Like he knows you need to be fiscally conservative. It just like, this was as I was starting to go down the what is money rabbit hole. And he resonated with me back then. Um, and so for him to now be resurging in popularity is is really good to see because he's based enough from, from long enough ago. Um, so, you know, he's one of the good guys, I think. I mean, it's hard to trust a politician, but um, right. He's one of, yeah. I think he's one of the, one of the good guys um, for, you know, the system is the system. It's uh, there's problems with the system, no matter who's leading it, but he seems like he would be better, certainly better than anyone we have right now. So that's Maxime's background. So very knowledgeable on monetary policy and econ- and like Austrian economic thinking going back for years. And, and obviously like those types of libertarian type values too, because that's what the conservative party was meant to represent and they've drifted away from it. And that's why he did his own thing. So, <clears throat> pardon me, that's, um, that's Maxime. And he's been touring the country throughout COVID, going to rallies across the country, shaking people's hands, you know, refusing the mask, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, he's, he's found, you know, he's found his base. Now, Pierre is a conservative minister of parliament who really started to gain in popularity over the last year or two because... I, like, I don't even know if he was around prior to two years ago, to be perfectly honest. I hadn't heard his name, um, but he's a politician with a very loud bark who espouses a lot of conservative values. He was a little silent, I would say, on some of the COVID stuff. He was always advocating for jobs and you know economic growth, but was a little hesitant to speak out on certain mandates and things. And I, again, with politicians... They are, they're a certain type of creature, right? But, um, but he's now much more openly talking a, a, out against the mandates, which I commend him for, and obviously has had a number of Bitcoiners and Bitcoin types in his ear very, very clearly, um, making sure he's aware of what's going on on the monetary front and that, you know, he's, he's talking about those values. Because you can talk about Bitcoin without talking about Bitcoin, right? That's effectively what he's doing. Right? He's talking about, not printing money. He's talking about not trusting central banks. He's talking about not going into a debt. He's talking about the detrimental effects of these things without saying, here's the solution. It's not politically expedient, I think, for him to say so right now, but maybe the time will be, will come up later. So there's hope. Yeah, let's hope. Well, so that's sort of the rundown. So he's, he's, he's become like the second or third, you know, number two or number three in the conservative party behind the leader who should be ousted. Like he's just useless, the conservative leader at this point. Like Pierre is one of, you know, maybe two candidates that should be running that party right now. 
Well, let's, um, I mean, they've got the right people in their ear. That's, that's for sure. Have they read your book? Uh, I don't, you know, I, I tried to tweet at him and tease him. Oh, you, you know, you were reading my book, but no, I'm pretty sure he hasn't read mine. Obviously he read Bitcoin standard and good enough for me, you know, it's it's safe is definitely, you know, number, number one on if if I was to recommend the, you know, Bitcoin book for someone like that, let's, let's start them there. Um, but there are other politicians that are slowly coming around. I, uh, I, I've orange pilled a politician. I can't say who, but I nice. look forward to the day. I, I look forward to the day I can reveal who it was because all that's a, it's a nice. How, how did it go down? Can, can you tell us that? I don't, I don't want to start on that because I, I don't want to start into that, but I, I, yeah. It was in know. a strip joint and we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you usually find those guys, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Royal Bank. Uh, so uh, I'm sure the plebs uh, that, that have listened to the show for many years know your backstory. But for those that don't, let's let's fill them in because you did come from the world of legacy fiat. Uh, so, you know, you, you don't have to go too deep into it, but uh, yeah, just just let the people know what, what you were doing back in the day, like Fiat Jesse. Sure. Yeah. So when I uh, I graduated from you know my university in 2006, having studied economics, but I didn't actually learn anything about economics because they don't teach real economics. Uh, went into the banking world. I was like bottom of the rung retail banker at Royal Bank, which is one of the five banks in our banking oligopoly in Canada. Um, the financial crisis hit. In, in like I started working at the end of 06 and basically the financial crisis hit right when my career started. And I just remember, oh, you know, the central bank and the Fed is going to print $600 billion and give it to the banks. And I remember thinking, well, that's odd. Like, I don't remember <laughs> that they can just print money and give it to businesses. So like, what's up with that? And that sent me down the rabbit, the what is money rabbit hole. Um, and led to a lot of the thinking that converged, you know, a decade later with Bitcoin that that helped me write my book. Um I worked in wealth management after that. I was an associate with a portfolio manager, just helping manage um, investment accounts for high net worth clients. I did my MBA after that. I worked in management consulting and I ended up running in my last fiat job, um, which I left in 2018 for two years. I ran the customer experience, like market research program for one of Canada's big insurance companies. So I did that for two years. So the wealth... The wealth yeah. management stuff. This is this is what amazes me right now, um, or interests me right now. <clears throat> and I've spoken to Andy Edstrom about this a lot because he's still very much entrenched uh, in, in that world. And this is why he wrote his book. You know, why buy yeah. Bitcoin, which is another seminal piece uh, from uh, from from the core Bitcoiner community of of authors, but. Are you still in touch with any of these guys? Like, um, if well, let's 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 give the listeners. You know, what was your day today? You'd you'd get in, you'd switch on a computer. You know, what was the time? What were the phone calls coming in? What were the emails going out? Let let's just get an idea of you know the flow of what it is to manage high net worth individuals' money. Yeah. So this, this is about 10 years ago now. I, I did that job from 2011 to 2013. And again, let's be clear. I was, you know, maybe two or three rungs up the corporate ladder at that point. Okay. I was, you know, Andy would certainly have a much richer history and context than, than I do. Um, but I worked with a portfolio manager. We managed um, 
about 120 or 130 households that collectively had a hundred, a little over a hundred million dollars in assets. Um, and so get into work uh, sometime between eight 30 and nine, see, you know, check, check up on the news, what's happening, you know, see pre-market. Are we, are we looking like we're going up? Are we looking like we're going down? Um, what's gold doing? I, I worked with a advisor who was very heavy into gold and silver because that's how I met him. We made that sort of connection. I, I, um, was introduced to him through a client of mine at Royal Bank, who was also a client of his. And she said, oh, you would get along great with this advisor. And so we met, we hit it off. He hired me because he was big into the gold story and the fiat debasement story. Um, and yeah, it was honestly, see how the markets are doing, check on, you know, do we have any margin calls? Is there anyone I need to call and beg for money? And are they going to hate me today? Um, are we looking at new deals? Is there any stocks that we have that we should consider shaving off and selling? Are there any positions that you know maybe we really like and we want to consider adding to? And if so, then I'm picking up the phone and calling all of our hundred odd clients and saying, "Hey, because we didn't have I, sorry, I call him a portfolio manager, but at the time he actually didn't have the full portfolio license, which means he was a stockbroker in effect, as opposed to a, port a portfolio manager can just manage and do what he wants so long as it's within, you know, certain guidelines, KYC, whatever the portfolio mandate is. Um, but as he was set up, if we ever wanted to make a trade, we didn't have the discretion to just do it ourselves. I'd have to get authorization for the clients. So if we decided on that day that, oh, you know what, we want to start, you know, RX gold is, oh, it's in the shitter again. And we think there's a future here. Like, okay, let's, let's call everyone and see if we can scrape together a few thousand dollars and, and pick up the shares on the cheap, assuming they actually were cheap, which uh, in most cases, you know, some of these junior, junior gold explorers and miners weren't. Uh, don't, don't look up that name. It's long gone by now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were going to do? No. <laughs> but on behalf of your ex-clients, you know, yeah, I'm sure they thank you. Yeah. Listen, man, I, you know, I, I tried to do well by them. Like I, I genuinely cared and wanted to grow their portfolio. And I was, you know, anyway, I'm not, I don't need, I don't need to justify myself. Of course. Uh, <laughs> well, so um, th that, that's one thing you just said there, like uh, the difference between like a portfolio manager and tell me if I'm getting this uh, wrong, but like a glorified stockbroker, is that kind of like uh, there's he, a shady he, he, kind of gray area or? So basically you need a certain Canada, I guess you need a certain designation to run a fund where you are, you know, you have the discretion to say, we're going to add to this position. We're going to shave from this position. We're going to do whatever. Um, but then if you don't have that, you can be a full fledged, I guess, investment advisor stock, whatever. I don't know what the title is anymore, but you know, an advisor where you can, you know, you do your research, you make your decisions, but then you need client authorization to, make any trade. So I'll call them up and say, you know, Hey, this looks yeah. good. We want to add a little bit more. Maybe we're going to sell something. Maybe you have some cash in the account, whatever. Um, and so I spent a lot of time on the phones. Um, at that point, do and, you, you know, make, um, do you, do you make com commission or brokerage at, at that point? Like, uh, you would in like uh, a Morgan Stanley or JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs, where this is like literally their job, just try and churn positions because you want that commission. So we were not on uh, a commission basis. Like we didn't get paid for every trade we make. We were fee-based, meaning, you know, you have a million dollar 
portfolio, we make one and a half percent per year. So you trade as much as you want. Like I will call you and recommend trades, but also you call into me and say, Hey, I like this. What do you think? I don't care what you think. I want to buy this, buy this for me. Okay. Like you're just making an unsolicited trade. It's your money, like whatever. So I'll take orders and I'll also recommend things. Um, and so, yeah, so it was, just, it was a lot of, you know, relationship management, um, researching, which basically meant, you know, you're reading the research analyst reports. Are they positive? Are they negative? Whatever. You have on the other side of that to place those trades. Are you then plugging into like uh, main street or wall street or whatever? And you get in bugged by those guys pushing new ideas the whole time. Were you kind of the buffer between? So we would have deals, you know, cross our desk all the time where, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, like a bot deal or something like a big company like Enbridge, let's say, right. They're big, huge energy infrastructure company in Canada. Okay. They came out with a deal. They're going to buy some small company. They're raising a hundred million dollars. So, you know, every investment bank is vying for an allocation. Our investment bank got, you know, $8 million worth. So they send out a notice to all the advisors to say, Hey, of the 8 million, let me know if you're interested in how much you'd be interested for. Okay. We're interested in the quarter million dollars of it. Um, if we get it, then great. We call our clients and we try to allocate that quarter million dollars. Okay. You're going to take 10,000. You're going to take 20. You're going to take 10. You're going to take five, blah, 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 you know, on and on. And I make a bunch of the calls. Um, and so, you know, those are the types of things I did when I was there. Fascinating. Trying to like, yeah. get behind the, uh, I, I had Jake, um, Jake on recently, Jake, um woodhouse from australia talking about shipping i don't, I don't, I don't know jake um go back and listen you'd really love it because he's <laughs> okay. uh he's he's a ship broker uh and he's he's brokering all of these ship deals between like um commodity giants uh all around southeast asia and australia uh and you know getting getting the ships to the ports and getting the commodities on the ships and then the ships to the destination and all of the, the the intricacies that are involved in that and the different negotiations and regulations and policies you have to it's, it's mad like it's, it's yeah it must be so complex well the, and, and the plebs just drink this stuff up like the dms i've been getting about like that episode like you know blowing people's minds this is why I ask you about like, you know, what's it like to sit there and manage a high net worth individual's money? But, but what, what are those it, phone calls like when they, when they call up and they have that worry or like in 2008, when all of a sudden they're wiped out. Yeah. I mean, like, it's interesting to, you know, so I was there, like I said, 11 to 2011 to 2013 to be there. And from the client's perspective, you're the one with this, you know, additional knowledge, this insight that you're bringing to them, you know, but from my perspective, it's like, well, but I don't really know that much. I'm just still trying to figure this out. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 25 years old. I'm, I'm just learning. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to have people, you know, they're sort of looking up to you, looking for insight, looking for resources and you're feeling through what's real, what's not. Again, it's, you know, similar to today in a certain sense, but maybe a little easier to, to decipher and it's much more clear when you're right and wrong uh, because the market will just tell you at the end of the day, if you're right or wrong. Absolutely. And there's the, the, there are so many factors that you just can't control, whether they be geopolitical events or natural disasters, 
you know yeah. how many how many scenarios have we seen like that's how nick leeson just got wiped out yeah, overnight. yeah we we buy you know buying shares in a silver mine in in chile or argentina or something and suddenly the government makes a decision that affects their ability to work or the workers go on strike and just you're ripping your hair out like no this should be a great asset we should be going up silver's up and they can't do you know it's it's mind-blowing and you know you know there's no omnipotence there's no perfect knowledge we we're people do the best they can and uh it's 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 i i don't even know what to say yeah it's but now you've you've been through that experience and i i went through an experience in foreign exchange and now you know i i came to bitcoin for number go up like pretty much all of us did uh yeah there you know there there are a lot of people out there that like pinning a lot of hopium to the technical analysis and the charts and the, the deep chain analysis and the hodl waves and whatever else. I mean, it's a whole fine art uh, that, that people have yeah. got, have got down over there. I'm just here for the fundamentals guys, because I've seen all that shit before. <laughs> you cannot, you could throw a thousand darts at that board and never hit a bullseye ever. Absolutely. That's... I'm here for every 10 minutes, 21 million. Exactly. Because we've never I mean, had after, that before. Like, this is it. This is the thing. Th that's why it's like, no matter what happens, whatever the price is, you know, if you're in this for a quick buck, if you're, you know, you bought it 10 and you're trying to sell it 20, well, guess what? You're, you have 20 of what, right? You have 20 cuck bucks. That's the thing I'm escaping. Like, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah, I would have, sure, it's nice. You know, you get in and like you said, you know, you want the number to go up, you feel wealthier, you, you know, but at the end of the day, if all you do is you make a few bucks, you know, we're not changing the world for the better in any way. It's no, no, no. We're here to make real change in this world and for the better as a, you know, the, the pl plans by the many instead of plans by the few. And this like, this is it. This, this is what we have. This is our tool. This is our best shot. And once you wrap your head around it, number go up, number go down doesn't seem so relevant you know okay it just you know i it's it's funny you become like emotionally dead inside oh the price is down well it was going to go down eventually and i guess i'll buy more if i can and uh and then it'll go up later i just have to wait a little while that's all like i'm not going anywhere i mean in, i'm in canada i'm definitely not going anywhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well not unless those kick uh, those, those truckers kick some ass this weekend there you go then you could be straight over to miami for uh for the conference in april all good oh god yeah i hope so that would be, be a lot so of fun I, I yeah i wish i i wish i had gone i had the opportunity to go in uh last year and i i screwed that one up i screwed that one up that would have been so much fun but hopefully this year yeah, well it does have it a lot of shit needs to be rolled back before that, before you or I are uh, stepping feet. But you know what? Soil. It'll it'll make, by the time we finally do get to one of these, it'll be that much sweeter. Yep. I agree. I 100% yeah. agree. And, and back to the fundamental thing as well. For, for those people that are probably freaking out, if you're listening to this at time of release, we've been through a pretty hefty dip. We've, we've <laughs> tested 30 grand. I can't believe I'm saying that in a negative context. Like, who gives a fuck? 30 grand, people. Like, 30 grand. It does not matter. But there's a lot of people out there that are looking at this and they're like, 
oh my god perhaps this isn't the super cycle moment it's like well no one that isn't a thing by the way that's just a complete like don't worry about a super cycle Um, and then people are saying well it's different this time it's like it's not different this time it's still 21 million hard cap and it's still a block every 10 minutes it's not different this time whether it's super cycle or the stock to flow model, you know, people like, you know, having the mental model, the roadmap. Oh, if we just follow this course and that's the way we're going to go, we're going to be fine. But it, there's no rule that says we have to follow this. And also again, like whenever something like this happens, whenever we dip and you start to question, well, is this the right thing? You know, when in doubt, zoom out. Well, let's, let's evaluate the options, right? I, I could sell my Bitcoin, but then I'd have cash. Well, I can't have cash because that's depreciating. So what am I going to buy? Am I going to buy real estate? Well, Canadian real estate is very inflated. It's it's all propped up on debt, on cheap debt. That's going to implode one day. I don't think I want to park my value there. Can I buy stocks? Well, I'm pretty sure that's the same thing. The fun, like fundamentals be damned. Just meme, you know, meme your stocks to the moon. Like that's not real value. You know, I can buy gold and silver, but we just talked about, you know, that's a very apocalyptic outlook. Um, you know, maybe that has value. You know, it's not to say that's not valuable, but like, is that where the puck is going? Right. Wayne, I'm Canadian. Wayne Gretzky, right. Skate to where the puck is going, not where it is. Well, where are we going at the end of all this? Where, where's the ultimate, you know, where do we, where's the end of the line? And all roads lead to Bitcoin, I think, at the end of the day. And so, okay. So I'm going to hold with it because. There's no, there's no other option. It's the best option. The risk, the risk return ratio, right? I think the risk is fairly low. The return, the possibility is through the roof. If you really get into it, right? Bonds would be the other market. Okay. There's $200 trillion of paper crap, right? Foss will tell you all about that. Um, Where do you want to be? Well, I want to be in Bitcoin. And I want to be, I want to stand behind what Bitcoin stands for. I think there's nothing, you know, more noble than that. And people worried about volatility. You, you don't get returns without volatility. So just exactly, exactly. You want you you want you want three percent, four percent predictable. Okay, but buy some you know utility. Buy Enbridge, right? Buy buy the utility company. You know, have 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 fun. You know, hopefully you keep up with inflation. We shall see. <laughs> Who's on the the top shelf behind you there? That over here. No, on the it looks like a. Like a, the beat, what what is that? A paddle, a racket, or a bat, or something? Like, oh, you got a few of them. <laughs> <There's your own. laughs> this was this was for my dad's. Uh, there's say hi, dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's there's young dad. It's a little shady. There's there's very young dad. Here, here's well sleeping dad. <laughs> I think that was for his. Uh, it's not Bitcoin related. Not Bitcoin related. No, no. I'm I'm actually at my parents' house right now. This was for his. Uh, I believe his 60th birthday. They made. They had those made up. <laughs> All right. I I I, I couldn't quite see it. I don't. I wonder if he's got like Peter Schiff or someone back there. Like, what's going on? <laughs> All right, Jess. We're gonna play a game. Pick a number. I'm gonna read you a paragraph from the book. And then you're going to go down that rabbit hole and see how much oh. your mind has changed since you wrote it. And no cheating. Like you didn't write a 400 page fucking tome here, right? You know, let well, oh, I think the obvious answer is let's go to page 21. All right. All right. Here we go. 
three uh, this is chapter 3.2 sound money redefined okay all right okay uh you, i mean you, this is perfect you've, you've got them <laughs> listed all right money can be considered fundamentally sound and ideal for long-term use if it has credibility and integrity to do this it must meet six key criteria which were coined in principle by the Greek philosopher Aristotle over 2,300 years ago. All right, number one. Should I test you on like the six? That's too I, I, if you really <laughs> want to. No, I, I could probably do it. All right, come I on, let's go. All right, you'll, you'll read the definition as I list it off. So we got divisible. All right. right? Yeah, money, money, money should needs be to divisible. Be... So it can be split into smaller quantities and assembled into larger ones. Do you need to... Elaborate well, on we that. Can, we we can we'll come back right All if right. we want okay. to. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be scarce. Money should be scarce, so its supply remains low, or better yet, limited. It needs to be portable. Money should be portable, so it can be easily transported across space. It should be durable. Money should be durable, so it can be stored without deteriorating over time. It should be fungible. Money should be fungible so that authentic units are easily recognizable, interchangeable, and difficult to counterfeit. And the last one, which was my addition and not necessarily Aristotle's thinking, but as I was crafting the book, this was this is the reason I call it Sound Money Redefined on, on that title. Um, it has to be costly. Money should be costly so that the means by which it is produced or acquired establishes a basis for value. And I believe I have Parker Lewis to thank for the, the idea. And in, in his writing somewhere, I, I came across that idea and thought, oh, that's, that sounds like a, an important characteristic that isn't usually listed as a characteristic of money. And well, I decided proof, to include That's the proof of work idea, right? That's the proof of work idea. And the idea that money should not be free. You mm -hmm. should not be able to just snap your fingers and, oh, there's more money now. If I need, if I want money, I should put in some combination of time, energy, and skill to get money, right? I work for it or I trade something for it. And it could be dollars. So a previous um, deal where you exchange time, energy, and skill, or you're mining for it. I can't so believe was... you managed to get this this section of the book onto page number 21. Uh, pure luck. <laughs> <laughs> should we, should right. we go to... Well, there's, there's more to that page. I know my book. Yeah, there's more yeah, to that there, page. There is. With these attributes, money could fulfill its three primary functions. Well, this one's... Uh, we should all know this one, right? It needs to be a medium of exchange. Yes. Agreeable method of payment for the sale, purchase, or trade of goods and services. Right. It should be a store of value. Has beneficial and desirable qualities that can be reliably re uh, preserved over time. And it should be a unit of account. Standardizes the measurement of value in order to accurately determine pricing for commerce. I, I've been wanting for a long time, and I just haven't it's sort of like the kids book. i got a million ideas floating around i just haven't gotten myself fired up to put pen and paper because i'm so frustrated being in canada but um i want to write something about unit of account i know there were there were a couple blogs written I, I i believe one or two of them are on the nakamoto institute website but 
something along the lines of um, like thinking in Bitcoin, switching your unit of account, right? Making that mental shift of, you know, when I go to the store right now, you th- or most people, right? You think in dollars, oh, you know, this sandwich that I'm going to buy for lunch is $10. You're thinking in dollars, but thinking in Bitcoin, that's actually 0.00 or, you know, 10,000 sats, whatever. Making that mental switch, thinking in Bitcoin, using Bitcoin as your unit of account. I think there's a really interesting angle there and it's it's you know i i like to call the unit of accounts or the least appreciated um quality of money or uh what utility of money right it's the the store value medium of exchange those those get the headlines store value yeah. medium of exchange but unit of account doesn't really get a lot of headlines doesn't really get talked about as much and i think there's a really interesting story to be told about using money as a measurement and you know, thinking in bitcoin have you ever gone down the rabbit hole of uh, what a hyper-Bitcoinized world would look like? Oh, I, a little bit, yeah, for sure. And I listened, it must have been like eight to ten weeks ago now, Preston and Tina got into a shouting match on Space. <laughs> uh, I don't know T- if you were Tina in Tina only does shouting. He, he only Tina does shouting matches. Tina wakes up shouting. <laughs> Good morning, darling. <laughs> uh, but they were talking about someone posed a question. I can't remember how it came up, um, and it's been sitting with me for for a long time. It's like they were talking about: is there even going to be a stock market once we have reached hyper Bitcoinization? Once we've moved on to a Bitcoin standard? And then, uh, you know, reading through Saves Fiat Standard and the section there, it's like the last third of the book, the section there about um, interest rates would trend to zero under a hard money um, environment. So would that mean, therefore, investments would as well? Because why would you, if, if your money, carried value and purchasing power increased in value and purchasing power why would you ever part with it so if you were never to part with it why would you ever enter into a, a, a an investment why would you ever place anything well the, the, the interest rates would fall to zero because there's nothing to attract because people aren't part with their cat like it, it, it's, it, it rewrites your whole mind oh oh yeah it's it's it, you know it's a great question i don't have the answer to that um, but no it's one fun does. To think about. But it's yeah, no one does. Theorize. But 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 we know like commerce has to happen, right? In a Bitcoinized world, commerce is still going to happen. So companies, whether whether they're still companies in the way we think of them now, maybe not. Maybe that there's a new sort of form or entity that we haven't even conceived of yet that comes about. Um, but there's still going to be, I would think, a need to exchange value for, you know, if you want to call it equity, right? If I'm starting a product or service, because ideally in the hyper, in the hyper Bitcoin world, right, we're creating fantastic products and services. Um, at least that's the way I see it. <laughs> um, so but, people but are still- here, and, But this is where Jeff would pop up and say, yeah, but it's all trending to zero and we know it. So yeah. that, that product or service might be around for six months and then it's gone because and it's going it's to trend towards its margin of- uh, um cost right he, i mean yeah i guess like he's he would be further down that rabbit hole than i am i'm still it's 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 crazy to think about 
it's crazy to think about. I, 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 I am extremely curious to get there and see what happens in that time. <laughs> I hope we're around to see it. I hope we're, I just want to be around to see it. We, we will be, it's going to happen so much quicker yeah. than, than any of us could. I mean, look, you know, how many thousands of years did it take for the whole world to converge on gold, right? You know, come the 1850s, there were still people and, you know, the, the Native Americans living on the West Coast, they didn't even know what gold was. They didn't care what gold was. They weren't about to start trading gold. But like, yeah. people were risking their lives to get there. Yeah. Just to pan for this, you know, silt in the in their rivers. And that, you know, like th th that's mad to think about. It took that but that's because we didn't have this communication network. Now we have. Oh yeah. The resources we have. So if it took yeah. gold X thousands of years to become what it become, it's going to take Bitcoin a click of the fingers and we're, we're already 13 years in. That's, that's the amazing thing. I think a lot of people don't realize how much it's already changed things. And even though it's still very young, right? It's, it's 13 years old. It's, it's global money, but it's not, you know, it hasn't changed the world yet, at least not in the way that we're talking about that sort of hyper Bitcoinized way. It's just, it's gaining attention. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a loss thinking about it. And here's your um, unit of account thing as well, right? We, we all talk about Bitcoin is in the space. We like to, you know, there's this meme of a million dollars by 2030 or whatever. But yeah. are we talking about a million dollars in today's terms? I think we are. When we say a million dollars, I think we're talking about in today's terms. But in 2030, that's going to be God knows how much. Like, you know, it, it's... Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I've heard Preston talk about, you know, the the today's dollar price purchasing power being, you know, easily a million plus in his head in, in 10 plus years, or by 2030, let's call it, right? Like two to five million kind of thing of today's purchasing power dollars. God knows what that'll actually be in nominal dollars then. It's, it's amazing to think if you can hold out, you don't even have to allocate everything you have, right? You don't have to commit yourself fully. If you're new, if you're unsure, you just need to dip your toe a little bit and hold on to that. Like have, have a little bit of like, have a piece of the life raft, right? You don't have to be fully in the boat, but maybe hold on to the sides of the boat as it keeps going. Like it'll, it'll drag you to shore. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be the guy left clinging onto a door with, uh, you know, <laughs> like Jack in the Titanic. Yeah, you know, at least don't let go. Don't let go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jess. Well, I could ask you the closing question. And right. if you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? Okay. Uh, I should have been prepared for this one. Um, I mean, feel free to dox that politician if you got nothing up your sleeve. Well, he's already, he's already <laughs> orange pilled, so I can't. I already got him. All right, I already got done. How, how about... Thank you for your work, sir. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How about uh, we'll we'll go Maxime Bernier? Why not? So he he owns. He's told me, and I think he said it publicly, right? He owns a little bit of Bitcoin, and he's open to Bitcoin being, um, you know, a part of you know the future. It, it being you know, there's no unrestricted, right? Not not regulated, anything like that. He's open to that. Um, but does he fully grasp? what it can do, what we believe it can and will do. 
And I think the answer to that is still no. And if he could really grasp it and eventually when it's politically expedient, because that's how these guys are going to be incorporate that into, you know, his, uh, his campaign, then, uh, you know, he'll probably get a little extra support if, uh, if he comes out, but to do it, he's going to need to really understand it and then, and want to incorporate it. So Max, when you're ready, bud, give me a call. I mean, here, here's a question for, for Max, if he's listening, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he, he trolls all the, uh, the yeah, yeah, that's all he, when uh, he goes out for his, his walks every day, he's got the Bitcoin podcast on for sure. Would he accept pay, uh, campaign payments in Bitcoin? Yeah. We could set that up. We could try to push that. That would be a bit of a game changer. Why you not? No, I, think... I mean, goodness knows who would fund that, right? It wouldn't even be Canadians. It it could literally be whales it... from around the world. Like, yes, go do this. Yeah, but I think they would only. I think people would only donate their Bitcoin, in my opinion, right? If they stand, not just. I mean, standing for freedom, which is what Max stands for. Great, fantastic. Pushing Bitcoin as a public narrative, I think it adds an extra incentive to do it as well. Mm -hmm. Because recently we had Luke Dash Jr. was funded by, I can't remember the guy's name, but like the UTXO had like 9,000 Bitcoin, right? So (laughs) did you, do you remember seeing that? Yeah, I think I saw that. My goodness. That's the kind of. There's whales swimming around out there. Oh yeah. And they could, I mean. We need another country on board. We yeah. really do. And well, if- it won't be Canada. I'll promise you we won't be next. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but that would send a really nice message, though, wouldn't it? If, if Max came out and said, right, the campaign is accepting Bitcoin payments. Yeah. And they, even if they had lightning addresses as well, like, you know, I would be sending some sats. Yeah. And I'm what, sure yeah. if there's... God knows how many millions of Bitcoiners around the world that just sent some sats. You know, this is, that's not just pocket change come the end of the day. No, no, especially if he can, you know, use it judiciously. Maybe you end up holding on to a little bit at sort of like Tahini's, right? It funds your war chest a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You say, we, 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 right? Look, look at what happened to this guy's company. Al, Ali, first of all, big shout yeah. out to Ali, another, another great Canadian Bitcoiner. Yep. Um, another one. Right. An, another great Canadian Bitcoiner. Um, met him at a Bitcoin meetup a few months ago. I was real happy to meet him. He was a gem. Um, right? Like his company is able to thrive because of Bitcoin. What if your political campaign can thrive because you managed to stock up on a little bit of Bitcoin? If you're out there, Max, Pierre, Conservative Party, whoever, start thinking about it. Get a Tahini's hat. Hit the road. Get on the bus. Yeah, get a Tahini's hat. Yep. Let's go. This is, this is the only way forward. Uh, I had something else to throw at you there, but uh, it's just escaped to me now. We were talking about... Uh, who I was going to orange pill. Funding a political campaign. Uh, I don't know. It's gone. All right. It'll come back to you on the next one. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, <laughs> man. But uh, all right. How can people come and find you and more importantly, buy your book? Yeah. So oh, that was on, it. That was, you it. got it. Okay. Hit that me. was it. It was back to the book. Okay. Because, you know, I, I was going to do the, uh, the professional thing and end it on a, a book shill uh, in a roundabout way. Uh, we, we read from, <laughs> we read from page 21. 
And uh, yeah, you, you gave yourself a big pat on the back for finding an extra uh, um, monetary, um, what would you call it? Uh, hey, listen, don't, key, that's right, key, I, key, monetary key care, criteria, right? Yeah. You got number six. Amazing. Inspired by other Bitcoiners. Right. But yes. Um, and our boy Andy Edstrom went and robbed a little shank on it and found another eight. Do you guys ever talk about that? Or No, I haven't. I, I haven't read his book. I'm sorry, Andy. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I sh- he I sh- found 14. So you've got he found 14. Yeah, yes. I, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just getting started, but I did, I did hear about it. I think he, whether he posted something about it or I saw like a screenshot from his page, I, I heard a little something about it. So listen, we're, right. I, we, I'm we to are, get you we, guys on, I'm going to have to get you guys on together now and go head to head and find out what these other eight are. The missing eight. <laughs> <laughs> the magnificent we're, we're discover- eight we're discovering what money really can be, right? Aristotle was two millennia ago, right? Like he, he had a limited, a pretty good freaking knowledge for at the time, but mm-hmm. we have Bitcoin now. So we got, we're broadening those horizons now, right? So we got all kinds of room to discover what money really is, can be, what it should be made of. Absolutely. So there you and go. It, it's so we, we, Yeah. All, all we're missing totally. is the, the tunics. We, we can put tunics on and do this. Yeah, if we... If we have listen, what whatever it takes to to bring in hyper bitcoinization, right? We'll we'll do the rain dance, whatever we need, we'll make it happen. <laughs> We're committed to the cause. All right, mate. Where can people find you, and where they uh, where can they uh, go find the book? Right on. So um, I'm on Twitter at jberj j a y b e r j a y. Um, I have uh, a little website magicbitcoinbook.com, and you can buy uh, Magic Internet Money, a book about Bitcoin, on Amazon. On uh, it's on all the ebook platforms. Um, the, my website has a couple links to it, or search for it. I'm sure you'll find it. Um, so Magic Internet Money, a book about Bitcoin. Um, yeah. Guy I read him. it yet? Have has who? Guy Guy Swan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, guys read it. Guy. Oh, read it out loud. Yeah, that's oh, on his show. Bitcoin Come, Audible. Come on, why do I have to bring that up? This is all my fault. It should have been out a long time ago, and I screwed up. And I, I, why do you have to bring that up? God, <laughs> <laughs> I got to get it out. The plebs so, want to know. The I, plebs, I know. Yeah, there's a lot I, of I plebs have, that like to listen, and Guy is the I, man. So no guy guy is the man he's he he's done some work for me on it and we're we were like ready to go and I've been dragging my feet for a while and I got I got to get back to him I'm so sorry plebs I know it's I had a few people ask me about it I got to get it out there already so this this is the nice the kick in the ass to to finally get it done so guy check your DMs I'm coming for you again we'll get this done <laughs> All right well, Jesse, it's been a great run as always. <laughs> always great to catch up, mate. Um, hope uh, hope all goes well. Are you going to go down and support the truckers that are in your area? No, Ottawa's not you, right? That, that's no, Ottawa is about a it's about a five hour drive from where I am in Toronto. I I won't be there because uh, I'm trying to stock up and just uh, survive here for the time being. Yep. Um, but I've been going to all the protests and or a bunch of the protests in Toronto because that's where I'm 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 like I said I'm shilling I'm orange pilling I'm doing my thing down there. Um, but you know, I'm behind these guys. They're right, the blue collar ones. They're trying to save my country and uh, hopefully inspire a lot of other people too. I mean, we're Canada is late to the game in terms of overturning some of these measures. Um, but we're gonna get there. We have to. Yeah, no other way. There's no other yeah. way. Yeah. Well, have a great evening. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Dan. Thanks so much.
Hey guys, thank you so much for listening and thank you again, Jesse, for coming on back on to the Once Bitten podcast. Guys, you've got to check his book out. It's so great. Uh, as you heard us talking about the cover there, you can just sit down with your kids and have this discussion about the Easter eggs on the front of the book. It really is an easy read because it's not huge and it's written in such a way that you can just rip through it but there's so much goodness in there and like i said it he has this knack of getting so much information just so powerfully well written into a paragraph and you got to check it out please go and support jesse and his work i know greg fast bought a ton as he was talking about and i know there's other people down in canada that are handing these things out he hands them out at the marches and whatever so support your plebs that are stepping up and, and creating content and get out there and create yourself don't hold back we need you going into this next five years it's going to be critical if we get as many people on board as possible as they try and reset their money their great reset all right guys uh before i sign off make sure you're stacking you know who to stack with if you're in the u.s you can use swan bitcoin if you're in the uk or across europe you can use coin corner you can use relay r-e-l-a-i you can use bitcoin reserve but you've got to take control of your coins i hammer this point home as much as i can if you are leaving your coins on an exchange they are not your coins please understand that they are the exchange's coins and they are holding them for you you want access so you get them off onto a hardware wallet Use a Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition by Shift Crypto. All the links are in the show notes. If you want to get to the conference, hit the link in the show notes. You'll save 10%. It's April 6th to 9th in Miami. It's going to be huge. I hope to see you there. Fingers crossed restrictions change. Check you on the next show. Thanks, guys.